Hey everybody, it's Mike Schellenberger for Public. Today I'm happy to introduce a conversation that I recorded with Dr. Robert Epstein, an expert on how Google manipulates its search algorithms to achieve particular political agendas. This is a fascinating conversation. Uh, Dr. Epstein's credentials are quite impressive. He's been a psychology researcher for more than 40 years. PhD was from Harvard where he worked uh, directly with B.F. Skinner, who's one of the pioneers of behaviorism or what's now called operant conditioning. He was the editor-in-chief of Psychology Today for a very long time, also was an editor at Scientific American, published 15 books. And the thing that we're, we really get into is this really fascinating landmark study that he conducted, actually it's two separate experiments, published in the Proceedings of the National Academies of Science in August 4th, 2015. The title is The Search Engine Manipulation Effect and Its Possible Impact on the Outcomes of Elections. I want to uh, assure listeners that I was very skeptical of this and asked a bunch of hard questions. It doesn't it indicate either that I don't agree or or that I, I don't support. I don't support this research. I think it's super fascinating. I, I definitely have some questions you can tell about, you know, how much do we really think uh, voters are making up their mind based on Google search results as opposed to a lot of other issues. But there's no doubt that the studies that uh, Dr. Epstein did are extremely important and they're measuring something which is supported by other research into how Google search influences behavior, particularly consumer behavior. In fact, here's the, I'm reading right from the abstract now from that study, quote, given the apparent power of search rankings, we asked whether they could be manipulated to alter the preferences of undecided voters in democratic elections. They did, well, actually it's not two, five relevant double-blind randomized control experiments with over 4,500 undecided voters. Plus they did an experiment in India. And the long and short of it is that these experiments demonstrate that biased search rankings can shift the voting preferences of undecided voters by 20% or more. The shift can be higher in some demographic groups than others. And that the bias in the search rankings can be hidden or masked so that people are unaware of the manipulation. Again, I think there's some reasonable questions to be asked about how much we think Google search results actually affect elections, but it's a fascinating study. And it's, and more than that, I think it's insight into the ways in which big tech in general and Google in particular have a strong political bias, which many people are now aware has come out uh, through its AI product, Gemini. And it's first, it's unwillingness to show um, accurate historical figures if they happen to be white that was a big scandal last week. And then a couple of days ago, I attempted to invite some moral comparisons between myself and Joseph Stalin and, Gem and Google Gemini uh, suggested that such a comparison was fair to have, but then said it wasn't fair to make between, say, Joseph Stalin and California Governor Gavin Newsom. So clearly something is biased there at Google, um, how significant it is. Uh, I think that's definitely up for debate, up for conversation, but given the power of these platforms, uh, it's certainly one that we need to have. So enjoy the conversation. Thanks for listening. I'm really excited to talk with you. Um, why don't we start with the question of um, who are you and, and 
Why are you speaking out now? I'm Dr. Robert Epstein. Um, I've been a researcher for more than 40 years. I've published 15 books. Um, my PhD is from Harvard, and uh, I was editor-in-chief of Psychology Today magazine for a long time and also was an, was an editor at Scientific American. But I'm mainly a researcher, and about 12 years ago now, I got interested in Google. Uh, I started to turn my research skills, my skill set, uh, on Google because it occurred to me from some material I was reading in the business literature that search rankings are very, very powerful, uh, that moving up just one notch can be worth a 30% increase in sales. And I learned that most people just click on the highest ranking search results. So somehow or other, they've learned to trust what's at the top of that list. Mainly because, of course, uh, most of the time people are searching for very simple facts and they always turn up right at the top of the list. So we're like rats in a Skinner box. Um, Skinner, by the way, was my, my mentor at Harvard. I was his last doctoral student. Wow. But we're learning to trust what's at the top. What's at the top is best. What's at the top is truest. So when the time comes when we type in an open-ended question, like what's the best restaurant around here or who's the best candidate, um, we're going to trust those high-ranking search results. So I wondered whether or not search results could be used to uh, manipulate people's opinion and maybe even their votes. And I began to run a series of uh, randomized controlled experiments. That's what I do. And I was shocked by the results. I didn't really believe them. Uh, ended up publishing the first set of experiments in 2015 in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. Uh, that's, those, were, those were experiments with more than 4,000 people uh, in two countries, uh, very rigorously done, and found that bottom line is that uh, biased search results, search results that favor one candidate, uh, can easily shift between 20 and 80% of undecided voters with no awareness on their part that they're being manipulated uh, and without leaving a paper trail for authorities to trace. So that first study is accessible at searchenginemanipulationeffect.com. We call it SEM, S-E-M-E, or searchenginemanipulationeffect.com. Uh, that paper has since been downloaded or accessed from the website of the National Academy of Sciences more than 230,000 times, which is extremely rare for a technical scientific paper. Even if it's, it's a paper about the discovery of gravity waves, you don't usually get that much interest. And that's how we started. At this point in time, you know, many years later, we have discovered and named and quantified about a dozen techniques like this. And these techniques are pretty scary because 
they're not techniques that you and I can use. They are almost entirely in the hands of a couple of big tech companies. Now, add to that the fact that in recent years, uh, there have been whistleblowers, leaked documents, leaked videos from Google and Facebook and Twitter, uh, indicating that they're aware of these techniques and that they use these techniques. Okay, then the situation gets a little scarier because those numbers we get from our experiments suggest, for example, that next year, Google alone can shift in the presidential election between 6.4 million and 25.5 million votes without anyone having the slightest idea that they're doing it. It also costs them nothing, which is interesting too. That's a little side benefit for them. And now adding one more thing, and that is the fact that we've, we've caught them. Uh, I was urged by a state attorney general back in 2015 to try to figure out whether these companies are really using these techniques. And so we started doing to them what they do to us and our friends and our kids 24 hours a day. We learned how to surveil them. Uh, <clears throat> so we set up the first ever system for monitoring the content that Google and other companies send to registered voters. Uh, we did this in, starting in 2016. We recruited people we called field, field agents. We had 95 field agents in 24 states. We <clears throat> equipped them with special software, which allow us to with their permission to look over their shoulders and capture what they're seeing on their screens. And then to, to aggregate and analyze the data, we preserved 13,000 searches on Google, Bing, and Yahoo. These are all politically related searches. And we found extreme political bias on Google, but not on Bing or Yahoo. Now the political bias favored Hillary Clinton whom I actually was supporting at the time. I lean left myself pol politically. But I was still outraged by, by our findings because I don't want a private company to have that kind of power uh, to manipulate our elections. We calculated back then that Google alone had shifted in the 2016 election somewhere between 2.6 and 10.4 million votes, 2.6, sorry, and 10.2 million votes. And Clinton actually won the popular vote that year by 2.8 million votes. So what we're saying is that most of that uh, win margin that she had in 2016, she would not have had without Google's help. And there are all, all kinds of ways, and by the way, in which I can show the, demonstrate the validity of what I just said. Uh, but the point is, we have built bigger and bigger monitoring systems over the years. Uh, so remember, we started with, with uh, 95 field agents, and we preserved 13,000 searches. 
Well, in 2020, we had more than 1,700 field agents located primarily in four swing states, because that's where the action is. And we preserved more than 1.5 million uh, experiences like search uh, results, uh, which Google internally calls ephemeral experiences. So 2018, there was a leak of emails from Google to the Wall Street Journal, uh, John McKinnon, whom, whom I know. And the email said, how can we use ephemeral experiences to change people's views about Trump's travel ban? So I was stunned when I saw that because we had been studying the impact of ephemeral experiences on people's opinions and votes uh, since 2013. Here it was 2018. And I'm learning that Google actually not only is aware of this power, but they actually use this power. They discuss this power. And from the monitoring data, we became increasingly aware that they were using this power. So in 2020, we, uh, we found extreme political bias on Google and YouTube, but not on other platforms. But Google and YouTube between them are the largest uh, search engines in the world. Uh, 93% of all searches done on Google around the world. Uh, on Bing, I think they get about 2%, and the other ones get less than 1% typically. So we calculated in 2020 that, that Google's bias would have shifted at least 6 million votes to Joe Biden, uh, whom I also supported. And um, we decided to share the data. So we sent the data to a reporter at the New York Post. Uh, that piece got written. It was supposed, it was right after the uh, the revelations about Hunter Biden's laptop, which the Post had run, uh, it was a reporter named Miranda Devine who had who had, broke, had broken that story, and so now <clears throat> I sent the information to a different reporter at the Post. The piece got written, and then at the last minute, killed the New York Post killed that story after they contacted Google for fact checking. Now, why would they have killed the story? The facts were accurate. They killed the story because at that time they were getting 45% of their traffic from Google. And Google probably reminded them of that fact. In other words, Google could put the New York Post out of business overnight. And they've done that to many, many, many companies. So, but I also sent it to Senator Cruz's office. I had testified before Congress about my research uh, in 2019. So I sent it to Cruz's office, and on November 5th, 2020, and I'm sorry it's taken me so long to get to this uh, point, Michael, but this is, this is very key. This is very important. It doesn't bring us up to the present day, but it's a, it's a critical moment. On November 5th, Senator Cruz and two other senators sent a very, very strong letter to the CEO of Google, two pages long summarizing uh, my findings in the 2020 election. And Google that very day turned off all of its manipulations in the Georgia Senate runoff elections, all of them. They shut them off. There was no more bias in Google search results in Georgia. 
we know because we had more than a thousand field agents in Georgia, all registered voters, politically balanced. And they stopped sending out go vote reminders, which they normally send out in a partisan fashion. Talk about a powerful manipulation. Uh, they shut off all the go vote reminders. No one in Georgia from that day on until the election in January got a go vote reminder. So what this shows is that monitoring monitoring has the power to make these companies accountable to the public, which they've never been. So quickly to 2022, we set up an even bigger system, 2,742 field agents in 10 swing states. Among other interesting findings, we found that um, that if Google had stayed out of that race in 2022, the stayed out of those elections, uh, the GOP would have ended up with a majority in the Senate of between two and eight seats. As it happens, they ended up with a two-seat minority. So now we're able to calculate quite precisely election by election <clears throat> what happens with Google in the picture and what happens if you take Google out of the picture. And that brings me now to where we are. We decided after the 2022 election that the time had come to set up a permanent large-scale monitoring system in all 50 states uh, where we'd have representative samples of people in each state so our data would be court admissible, politically balanced. And we did not shut down after the 2022 election and in fact, at this moment in time, we have 11,073 field agents in all 50 states, plus 2,268 children and teens, because we're starting to look at indoctrination, not just manipulation of votes, but indoctrination of children. Because we know from leaks from Google that that's a big agenda there, is indoctrinating children, not just here, but around the world. But we are capturing the data. See, normally they can get away with all this stuff because they're using ephemeral techniques, ephemeral content, ephemeral experiences, they call them. And normally those are lost forever. But what we've learned how to do better and better over the years is to capture ephemeral content, analyze it very rapidly, uh, and archive it. So it's there for the record and can be used in court cases, uh, complaints filed with the FEC. We're about to file the first ever complaint with the Federal Election Commission against Google next month, based on the massive amount of data we preserved in 2022. And of course, these data will also allow for the uh, informed shaping of regulations and laws, uh, for lawsuits to be filed, et cetera, et cetera. They will put, it will put so much pressure on these companies and even make them uh, vulnerable to criminal charges, for example, for consumer fraud, uh, that we believe that this system is absolutely necessary. It's not optional, it has to exist. And that the impact of the system once it's fully built, which, which should be by the end of 2023, will be to force these companies to stay out of our elections just as they pulled out of the Georgia election in 2020, it'll force these companies to stay out of our elections and away 
from our kids. Um, and how, I mean, this it's really fascinating, being I think we don't pay enough attention to um, to Google. We spend a lot, of, we pay a lot of attention to social media companies. But um, how do we know that the search engine results have such a big impact on people's opinion rather than so many of the other factors that people use to decide who to vote for? Well, that's an excellent question. And if you go to searchenginemanipulationeffect.com, you can see at least a a very comprehensive scientific uh, study that we did on that topic. But we've since replicated that many times. So have other researchers. Uh, And the fact is, we know from at this point of extensive research that search results do have this inordinate effect on people's thinking, unlike almost any other form of influence. Most forms of influence, for one thing, are competitive. So you put up a billboard for your candidate, I put up my own billboard. You buy a TV commercial, I buy two TV commercials. Most forms of influence are competitive. But if a, if a platform like Google wants to support a candidate or a party or a cause or a company, there's nothing you can do. You cannot counteract what they're doing. Uh, and there's this level of trust that people have in algorithmic output, which has been shown by many studies, including my own, uh, that's just bizarre. So, for example, we have a, a paper under review in fact, it, people can actually look at, at the paper. It's, it's at SEAM, which is S-E-M-E, SEAMandOperantConditioning.com. SEAMandOperantConditioning.com. It's one of our very newest studies in which we demonstrate that people are, in fact, learning every single day to trust what's at the top of those search rankings because 86% of the searches we conduct are for simple facts, and they always turn up at the top. So we are being conditioned into believing that what's at the top is best and true. And that's where information about candidates or election issues can easily shift the thinking of people who are on the fence. So you can't, you can't impact hardcore Uh, left-wing people, and you can't shift the, you know, the extreme right wing and so on. But people who are undecided, uncommitted, those people are highly vulnerable to this kind of manipulation. And this is one of only a dozen manipulations, by the way, that we've been studying. Uh, But it is extremely powerful, and it is unlike other forms of influence. And in fact, there's never been a more powerful form of influence perhaps ever in the history of humankind than seem. The internet has made possible new kinds of influence, period. So for example, YouTube, there's another example. Now you probably didn't know this, but but Google has has acknowledged it publicly. I'm not this is not my number, but 70% of the videos that people watch on YouTube around the world are suggested by Google's, they call it their recommender algorithm. The algorithm that, that gives you a list of videos over on the side, the algorithm that 
plays automatically the up next video at the top of the list. That's called their recommender algorithm. And what they have acknowledged, and other people have confirmed this, is that 70% of the videos people watch on YouTube around the world are recommended by their algorithm. Now, can you shift people's thinking <laughs> with a series of videos? Oh, yeah. We've had, at this point, dozens of documented cases of multiple murders committed because people have been taken down a rabbit hole of videos convincing them of the legitimacy of, let's say, white supremacy or anti-Semitism. So uh, we, we've, we have now, uh, we have a paper under review that people can access. It's at youtubemanipulationeffect.com, youtubemanipulationeffect.com. And again, that's a series of experiments which quantify the power that YouTube has to shift opinions and votes without people's knowledge and accept, and unless you have a monitoring system in place, without leaving any paper trail for authorities to trace. Over and over again, we're coming back to the importance of monitoring. Uh, take something as simple as, you know, go vote reminders on election day. Uh, in a national election, if Google is sending out go vote reminders in a partisan fashion, uh, that will give to one party, Democrats, whom I ha happen to like, but that's beside the point, uh, it will, I mean, I'm, a, I'm an independent myself, but I lean left, but uh, go vote reminders sent in a targeted fashion, in a partisan fashion on election day, will give 450,000 more votes to one party than to the other. And how do we know that? We know that without any doubt because of a study that Facebook published in which they sent go vote reminders to 60 million Facebook users. You're probably aware that these companies do experiments on people without telling. So Facebook published a study about how they sent go vote reminders on an election day in 2010 to 60 million of their users and they calculated how many more people from that group, they had a control group, how many more people from that group voted who otherwise would have stayed home. And I think the number was 340,000 people. They, they attributed the, the votes of those people, 340,000 people, to their go vote reminders. Makes sense. Uh, Google's homepage is seen 500 million times a day just in the United States. So people are going to be influenced uh, if every now and then Google puts a big, flashy, colorful reminder to go vote. And of course, they get praised for it. They get praised because on the surface, it looks like uh, a public service. It's not a public service. It's a very blatant and very dangerous vote manipulation. They, believe me, they're so political 96% of their donations go to Democrats. They're so political at Google, they would not take a chance of putting up a go vote reminder if it, if it would give one additional vote to Republicans, Google would not take that chance. So they run the numbers just like I run the numbers and they calculate exactly how many votes they're shifting uh, to each party before they 
dis- do something like that, you know, display a reminder to register to vote or, you know, mail in your, ba- your ballot or go vote. They do the calculations. These are not public services that they're doing. These are vote manipulations. You've reached the end of this episode of the free version of Public's podcast. To access the full version, become a paying subscriber at public.substack.com.